Amen. 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 I just feel the Holy Ghost right now. Why don't we just lift our hands one more time? Oh, we love you, God. You are our provider. You're the Prince of Peace. Lord, we reign in victory through you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, some of us here are facing mountains, but they're nothing with you, Lord. Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would anoint my lips, God, anoint our ears, anoint our hearts, God, in Jesus' name, that you would have your way here this morning, that you would speak to us. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, a spirit of expectation is the birthplace for the miraculous to happen. And when we come into the house of God with expectation, something will happen in the supernatural. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm a firm believer that God, a lot of times in life, God does what we do. And sometimes we just need to show up. Sometimes that's all we can do. That's all we can stand to do is just to show up and let God move the way he moves in our lives. Amen? Amen. It is so good to be here. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Matthew 5, 14. Love the sound of pages turning in the house of God. Matthew 5, 14. We'll read down to verse 16. It reads, Ye are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And with the help of the Lord this morning, I am going to teach on being about our Father's business. You may be seated. Being about our Father's business. We were doing a Bible study, me and my wife, yesterday, and uh, we were just wrapping up Search for Truth, and it, it took us uh, some time, about nine months to do from Lesson 1 all the way to Lesson 11, or Lesson 12, and um, we were talking about the end times and talking about judgment and the things that are kind of going to come. We talked about the rapture of the church, and, and as we were talking about that, uh, I was explaining and I, I was just thinking on the coming of the Lord and how that the rapture, excuse me, the judgment and God's wrath was not designed for God's people, but it was designed for the enemy. And, and that we have a, we are commissioned to go forth and to go out and to spread the good news. We are commissioned to go and, and let our light shine, right? Not to put it underneath a bushel, as the Bible says, but let it shine so it can show the glory of our Father, which is in heaven. Amen. And that is one of my main goals in life is that I would be a witness and that I would be a light in, 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 in our community, in Bismarck and in Lincoln and in Mandan and obviously throughout the world, but I don't travel much. So this is my evangelist field right here is Bismarck, Mandan and Lincoln. And uh, I believe it's all of our evangelist field, but I do want to talk a little bit about being about our father's business um, because there are people in this city that want and need what we have. 
They are desiring hope. They're desiring peace. They're desiring something more that this world cannot give them. And let me tell you, we have the answer. Amen. We have the answer. And, and in sometimes in life, um, especially when you've been doing living for God for quite a while, you tend to um, just kind of get in a, a, a rut or you kind of get your routine. And, and sometimes we forget about that, that there are people out there. And I know I do sometimes. I get so in a hurry with life that I'm just hurry up and trying to get things done, right? And, and it's not always fun doing that. But there are people, and we have to remember what we're commissioned to do. We have to remember uh, why we're here. Now, you know, we come to God broken and we come to him hurt and we come to women with problems and God removes those burdens and takes those burdens if we're allowing him to do that, if we give it to him. But there comes a time in every single one Christian's life that it transgresses out of just what is it for me and what can the church do to me and it moves into what can I do for the church? And what can I do for the community? And how can I spread what I have? Because what I have, I know other people want. Amen. And I, and I think we know that. It's going into a store. And, and uh, you know, I go to Menards a lot. And I mean, uh, I have Tyson helping me work. And me and Tyson went into Menards a couple times. And, and when I go on there, I, you know, I say hi to people because I know them. And, and last time I went in there, Tyson's like, you know everybody in here. And I, it's just kind of like, well, I, this is where I come. I'm at Menards more than I'm at home sometimes. So what I try to do is I try to make that my mission field um, because there have been times where I'm in a hurry and I go through that store and I don't smile and I'm just trying to get things done and I forget about what I'm really here to do because of this, the, the distractions and the fast pace of the world that we live in. And distractions are very dangerous when it comes to living for God. Because we're so distracted and so easily distracted and it can get our mindset and it can get our vision and it blur our spiritual vision so that we don't see the spiritual atmosphere that we're living in. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday in the Bible study that I was in is that we live in a spiritual realm. You know, and I think about Brother Robinette and how he comes and how he, he imparts faith into the atmosphere. And, and if we, we've had Brother Robinette here for, you know, four or five days. And by the time the, five, the fifth day comes, you know, I'm spiritually in tune more than I was. But there, my flesh is kind of like, do I have to stand up again and clap my hands? You know, you kind of get tired of doing that. And, but Brother Robinette lives in this realm of this supernatural realm. Is That's what he's consistently doing day in and day out. Um, you know, I know he does it a lot. I know he does it a lot. And, but when you're in that realm and you're living in that, you see things that maybe someone that has a job and has a family and has a career doesn't necessarily see or feel all the time because we kind of get distracted. You know, and I'm just using Brother Robinette as an example, but that's what he does. That, that is his job. Like, he doesn't go to work at, to Lowe's 8 to 5 every day. He doesn't go on a job like me. And what his job literally is to do is to spread the good news, to preach and to pray people through the Holy Ghost, you know, let God use them. And that, that's what he does consistently. Every single day, he's doing that, doing crusades. And when you live in that realm, you know, you get a little more keen into the spiritual atmosphere. I hope I'm making sense right now. But, and if, you're, but if you have life and you're doing things every day and you got the, the routine of life and you're waking up and you're feeding kids and you're going to work and you're dropping off kids at, at school and you're picking them up or you're homeschooling and you're doing those things, sometimes that kind of gets in the way, right? 
Sometimes that's all you kind of can think about is I got to hurry up and get off work and pick my kids up for school or I got to stop by the supermarket and grab something for supper for my wife and, and we forget about our purpose. We forget about why God saved us. And I will say this, that God did not save us for us just to come to church and so we can pray through every week. So we can just sit in this four wall building and just absorb the presence of God. But like the scripture said that we shouldn't, as a light of Jesus in portraying the image and the light that he has given us, we should let it light everywhere we go. And in, in doing that, you know, I thought I used to think in my life that was good enough just to be, you know, just to go and smile and stuff like that. And I, I was getting frustrated. You know, I'm like, why am I not getting no Bible studies? Why am I not, why am I not praying for anybody? Why am I not getting contacts? Yeah, I wasn't trying to make conversation. And one of the game changers for, uh, in my life for witnessing and being an, exa an example in people's life, um, people that you don't know or maybe people you do know, was this, is everywhere I go, I try to strike up a conversation. And if you're me, sometimes it gets awkward. Because sometimes I say things just to strike up a conversation that I think is funny. And some people just don't have a sense of humor like me, you know. But it, it works for the majority of the time. And, and my, me and my wife were talking about that the other day. And she goes, you know, you talk to everybody. We go to a store and you can just talk to people. And she's like, I tried that the other day and the lady just ignored me. And she walked away from me. And I said, well, Sari, the thing is, is I've, I've experienced that too. Right? I've had a lot of people just kind of not even laugh or not even smile because they're in a bad mood. But I just keep on doing that. And I think that that brings success. You know, when you go to places in your everyday business at work and you just try to be friendly and you try to strike up a conversation, you will start talking. And you will be amazed what happens in those conversations. And when you listen to people like that, so once I realized that, and that was not me to do that because I am very an introvert. You know, I can, it might seem like I'm an, I'm an extrovert, but I don't really like talking to people much. But once I got over that hurdle and out of my shell a little bit, it was amazed. I was amazed by how many times I got to, just the other day, I was at a, a customer's house and, he, and we were talking about a roof and he's telling me about how he's been meaning to get this roof done for a while, but he had a, a, a lung collapse um, something happened with his lung and he's in his 70s or something like that and as soon as he said that I knew that I was going to pray for him but I had to let the situation arise so he told me his story and I said but well, you know what before I leave today I'm praying for you and God's going to take care of that for you and I wouldn't have done that four years ago but I know that in order for me to see God show up sometimes I got to do something so I just gave opportunity for God to come in and you know, we prayed for him. God moved. You know what? I'm believing that God's going to heal him. You know, but I could have just left that, that, that meeting with not praying for him or not asking to even pray for him. But what's, what's the worst that can happen? Him tell me no. Well, okay. Well, I can, you know, okay, I won't pray for you. But he was, you should have seen him. He was so happy about that. And, and um, I got the job, praise God. But that's not why I prayed for him. But I do believe that God's going to heal him. But make opportunity, strike up conversation. That's one way you can let your light shine. Don't always be grumpy. Smile. Don't always be in a bad mood. Even if you are in a bad mood, smile. Everybody smile right now. There you go. It's, it's good for the soul, right? It's really good. Don't frown all the time. That, you know, if you frown and you just give somebody a church card, like, here, I'd like to invite you to church. 
You know, this is what I have. Can't you see the joy? I'm overflowing right now with joy. But when they see you come into Walmart or Target with four to eight kids and you're sitting there laughing and smiling and, and telling your kids, come on, yeah, you can get a ball. And then they look at you like, man, I can't believe that person has that patience. That's, that's an example. That's being a light. You know, and we know that not everybody um, reads the word of God and sometimes we're the only Bible that someone's going to read. And that might draw people in when we do these things in life. That draws people in, the way we act and the way we treat people. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So ways that we can show that our light shines in our community, okay? This is our community, the way we can do. Um, because this is the harvest field right here. This is, this is the field. This is where we're supposed to be. This is where we're, we're at, okay? And if we're apostolic and if you got a job in the secular world, um, that's not always a bad thing as long as you can handle the environment that you're in, okay? As long as the environment that you're in is not dragging you down and causing you to drift away from God, then you use that as your mission field. And you spread that good news and you just hustle Jesus. That's what I've tried to do in my life. And you just do that. Um, but ways that we can let our light shine in our own community is one of the obvious ways is the way we look, okay? Um, this kind of goes more maybe for women, but for men also. You know, we are, uh, the way we dress and the way we look. You know, the Hebrews did not dress like the Egyptians. They were different. Um, Deuteronomy in chapter 22, it says, Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts of woolen and of linen together. Verse 12, it says, Thou shalt make three fr the fr uh, fringes upon four quarters of the vesture wherewith thou coverest thyself. So the Hebrews, they didn't dress just like everybody else. You know, they were, they were different. Not only did they act different and they looked different, they didn't participate in the things that the Egyptians did, the things that the Romans did. They didn't participate in those things. They were circumcised, they were different, they, 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 they were separated from the world. That's, that's what they did. And we need to be separated from the world, but we also need to be a light unto this world, right? I don't think it's necessarily, now hear me what I'm saying here, bad to have friends that are in the world, okay? We, you got to have friends that are in the world that you can witness to. But if those friends are bringing you down and drawing you away from God, then you have an issue. I'm not saying that if you have friends in the world that you go out and participate in the things that they participate in. But trust and believe when those friends that you have have an issue, have something going on in their life, and they know what you believe for and they know what you stand for, they're going to come to you and ask, hey, can you pray for our situation? Can you pray for me and my family? We're going through something. Do not let the world influence you. You influence the world. And I will tell you this, there, does, there are limits and limitations and boundaries you have to put in, okay? Because um, I will say this, doing prison ministry, I know more drug addicts and drug dealers than I did when I lived in the world. And that's what I used to do. I was a drug addict. I know more of them now than I did in the world. And I hire some of them. And I have to put boundaries in line. Because if I'm not careful... I can let them influence me in a bad way. In a very, in, like, it might sound silly, but I got to put those boundaries in line. Like, you know, there's no music in here. I've had, I've had my employees ask me to buy them cigarettes. And I'm like, no, I'm not buying you cigarettes. Well, why not? Because I'm not going to buy you something 
that's going to cause you harm. I said, you know, if you, when I pay you, what you do with that money, I can't tell you what to do, but I'm not going to go buy you. I've literally told my, my, my dad that before. He's asked me, hey, go to the store and do it. Since I've been in church, I said, well, dad, I'm not, not going to do that. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, I used to, but I'm not going to now. So th- th- that's just one little example of a boundary I put in there. Um, one time I had a guy ask just for 5 to $10 to buy cigarettes. And, and you know, I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. That I'm not going to give you the $10 to buy because you're going to buy cigarettes. You would have been just better off just to ask for $10. But now I know what you're going to spend it on. I'm not going to do it. Um, but there are, you know, so I put boundaries in my life. But we have to do that also. Like, there's going to be times we run into people in the world. There's, you know, we're going to witness to them and give Bible studies to them. We're going to go to uh, things that may be with them. But you have to put boundaries in line. And although we're not of this world, but when we're in this world, we're not just an island. Okay? We got to share what we have. Um, but there, you got to be careful with that. So the way we look is going to show and be a light um, unto the church and we are the representation of the body of Christ, okay? So just remember that. When you want to go to Walmart, I know it's very tempting just to put on pajama pants because it's Walmart, <laughs> but just dress nice, you know? Act like you're going to Target, okay? <laughs> oh, God's good. Um, the way we talk, this is huge. This is huge. The way we talk, what we say, and I will say this, and what we do not say. Sometimes when you don't say nothing, you really are speaking volumes. And there's been those awkward times in my life where I've had to say something. And it's very awkward for me because I do not like tension. I do not like drama. I absolutely hate it. And there's been times where I've had to speak up and just say, no, that's not the way it is, or no, we're not going to do that, or really... You know, that's, that's not really how it, it went. And those are awkward situations. But in those unique situations, I knew if I wouldn't have said something, it would have spoke louder than me not saying something. So there, what we say and what we don't say. In Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, somebody say bitterness, and wrath and anger and clamor, I don't know if that's how you say it, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Okay, so it does matter what we say. Like, if we're in a public setting, oh, man, I've seen, and I've heard this so many times, and I, oh. If we're in a public setting with another person from the church and we're talking bad about somebody else or maybe even the church that looks bad that sounds bad if we're in Applebee's and we're sitting there and we think that no one's listening and we can just you know be open and 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 to where we're just bad-mouthing people and 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 that's not right you know what if someone like if the waitress hears that that's what the world does what do you have that I don't have then but if you're lifting somebody up and you're talking, you know, they did a really good job. They, you know, they're trying and all that, whatever it might be. So we have to be very careful on how we communicate. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And this is easy with people. And, and I know we, we tend to go to people that we know are going to listen to what we say. Like if we got an issue 
and we got a problem with something, we know who to go to, to, to speak into their ear where they won't say nothing. I do. And that's very tempting to do that because there's power in the tongue. There's life and death in the tongue. But there's something, something happens when you release that out of you. Like when, you, when you're holding something in and you're, you're just carrying that, when you release that out onto somebody, that kind of feels good sometimes, right? So you find someone that you know that's not going to go against what you say some, you know, a lot of times, and you release it out, and it feels good. It's kind of like a weight off your chest. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's right, okay? The right way to do that would be you go to prayer, and you go to God, and you say, God, I'm really struggling with this, or I'm really having a hard time with this. And I need you just to remove this, this, this burden that I've been carrying. I'm having a hard time forgiving this person or, or whatever it might be. I, I, don't, I don't agree with this situation. Because when you do it and you speak it into somebody else's life, you're feeding that person also. And you're putting thoughts into their mind that maybe were never there. And that can cause them to struggle. And I hate to say this. Well, you know, I don't hate to say this. But if you do that, then that's sin. You're causing your brother to sin then. Especially if you know that person is struggling with something. Especially if you know, like if you got an issue or you got something and you go to someone and you know they're struggling with it and you, and you happen to let that out and, and you cause that person to, to, to stumble, or, you know, that's not a good place to be. Um, James 1.26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. I've been there. I have been there where I've said things, and as soon as they went out from my mouth, I wish I could just grab them and put them back. And I'm like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. Because one thing is, you can never take those words back. You can never take those words back that you say. Um, so we have to be very, very careful. Because if I'm not bridling my tongue, but I'm deceiving my own heart, because that's what we do, right? We let ourselves, well, it's okay to say that. Oh, it's, you know, that person deserves it, or I have the right to express how I feel. Or, hey, I've even heard, I've even heard this. I've heard, well, they went and told something. Somebody had mentioned something to somebody, and then they go, well, I would have told it to their face anyways if they were here. <laughs> and it's like, well, it was nobody in here, okay? There's nobody in this church, but I've heard that. And I'm like, well, that's not right. Just because you would say that to somebody's face doesn't mean it's right to say that in general. Because we need to let no corrupt communication kind of come out of our mouth. And we need to be very careful on what we say. And especially when we're in a public setting, how we're, we're what we're saying and what we're talking about. Um, so we just got to be very careful on that. First Peter 3.10 says, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So if we want to love life and see good days, we need to be careful in what we say. We need to refrain our tongue. Proverbs 21, 23, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his own soul from troubles. Now, I am preaching to myself with this, okay? And I think you guys are like, I know some of you guys are probably thinking, yeah, Gabe, you're preaching yourself. And I know I am, because I, I, I have a big mouth. 
and I tend to say things, but it's just a lot better if you don't do it. It's a lot better if you just stop and think before you speak. And don't always speak what's on your mind, okay? Um, but not only do we need to be careful on what we say, but we need to be careful on what and how. <laughs> it, it, so it, now we're living in 2023, right? So now not only do we need to be careful on what we say, but we need to be careful on what we text or post. Come on, somebody. Because when you text something or you post something, a lot of times you can misinterpret, other people can misinterpret that, <laughs> you know? Because it's like you're texting your buddy and you say, hey, you want to go out for burgers? Yeah, let's go ahead. What time do you want to go? Whenever. And another person's like, whenever? What do you mean whenever? And the other person texting it's just like, yeah, whenever, man, whenever you want to. But the other guy's like, whenever? Do you even want to go out to eat with me then? <laughs> Because how we read it, a lot is missed in texting. A lot is lost in texting. Back and, and this is why I don't, I don't like texting, texting all the time. But here's the deal. Texting is easy and it takes the uncomfortableness away, right, of facing a problem sometimes. Like if so, sometimes if there's an issue that you have to text somebody or something or there's an issue you got to deal with, it's a lot easier sometimes just to text it. But it'd probably be better just to call or have them maybe sit down and have lunch with that person and talk to them. Because in texting, you can take it the wrong way. And then when you post things too, you can take it the wrong way. You know? Um, so we live in a different society where it's not just your tongue. Now it's what you're texting. Now it's what you're putting out there on social media that we need to be careful with. All the youth say amen. I don't even know if the youth have Facebook or anything. I don't think they even really do. If they do, I'm not their friend. You better befriend me when we get done. I'm just joking. Um, so, the, okay, another way we can let our light shine is the way we act and the way we treat people. Matthew 7, 12, we all know this, is therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like to this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So to treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, that's, that's pretty, it's easy at times, but then again, it's not. Um, you know, one area I, I find I struggle with this, to be honest with you, is with my kids. You know, I don't think I use that principle with my kids sometimes. And maybe that's why it's his neighbor and not kids. I don't know. <laughs> are my kids my neighbor? You know, if they're sleeping in my bed, they are. It's like, you know, scoot over. But that's, that's an area where I, I, I probably can better myself is um, it's really easy to get after them. But I know that's, that's something that, hey, the way I treat them. And here's the thing. Ultimately, the way I treat my kids is the way they're going to treat uh, mom. You know, and they're the way they're going to treat other people because they're learning from me. They're learning from mom. They're learning from dad. That's where they're learning that stuff. You know, and if I see my kids being mean, it's just like, yeah, that comes natural because of our sinful nature. But if he's like literally having the same gestures as dad and stuff, like, you know, kicking the dirt up in the air when he gets upset because he didn't make a goal, then I probably should look at that and be like, ah, you know, I should probably not be um, so mean maybe or maybe just be careful on how I treat my kids and other people, obviously, treat people the way you want to be treated. And here's, the, here's what we, we struggle with sometimes is we all love grace, right? We all love to receive the grace. 
But when we got to give grace, that's a whole different story, isn't it? it? That's when it becomes hard. Like, and I've been in that situation, like, you got to give me grace. You know, I need the grace. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. But then when someone makes a mistake or makes you upset, the tables are turned. It's a lot, hard, a lot harder to <laughs> let that grace go out and extend out to people, especially in the tight family that we have. Because you guys are all like my family. Regardless, if you like it or not, you're my brothers and you're my sisters, and we see each other two or three times a week. And I know that we get on each other's nerves sometimes. And that's just life. And that's just, that's just, that just happens. But when we tend to have problems is when you vocalize to other people or when you start gossiping to other people or, and you find those itching ears that want to listen. That's when you start running into problems and when you can't tame your tongue. But, and then when you refuse to let grace come out from you, you, you giving grace to people. Um, sometimes that's hard. And there are times where we just need to learn how to tolerate each, each other. Everybody say tolerate. Like, so if I, 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 there's things that my wife has tolerated with me through the years that we've been married. That doesn't necessarily mean that she agrees on what I do, but she tolerates it, you know? And there's things I tolerate with her that, I, you know, it, it, but this, when we come, we all have to realize we need to tolerate each other at time. And toleration is not acceptance or you agreeing on what a person does, okay? Um, yeah, I'm not gonna go any further than that. I'm running out of time as it is. Uh, another way to help us uh, let our light shine is forgiveness and I say this because if we don't forgive unforgiveness will manifest into bitterness and hurt and that will manifest onto people you love and then eventually flow out to just anybody because unforgiveness is a very very powerful tool that the enemy uses um, being uh, offended is a very powerful tool that the enemy will use okay and then so unforgiveness and and uh, hurt, being offended, with the other things, obviously, if not dealt with properly, will manifest into deeper issues. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaketh, and it will come out eventually. In, in one way or another, it will come out. So to have that forgiveness, and, and I, we don't, I don't have time to talk about a whole lesson on forgiveness because there's a lot with it. It's really easy to come up here and for me to say, hey, you need to forgive, Okay. But we, we all know that there, it's deeper than just doing that, right? Like we know that in some situations there's got to be boundaries where, yes, I forgive you, but that does not mean my relationship's the same with you because there's got to be something there. Um, and I've experienced that in my life, and I know a lot of you have. So in Ephesians 4.32 it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Um, Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Perfectness, um, which is very hard to do. Is, is, is really hard to do when you're offended is, is to forgive somebody. But that releases something out of your spirit like when you're not holding that un unforgiveness in and that bitterness and all that hurt in and you 
release it out in a good way, that's very healthy spiritually, okay? It's very, very healthy. Um, I've done it in my life, and it's made a difference in my life, completely made a difference. But like I said, there, there are boundaries with that, and there are unique situations with that, which we do not have time to get into. But if at all possible, we need to forgive people, okay? And if you have any unforgiveness in this place this morning, God will help you with that if you allow him to do it. Because here's the deal. When it comes with unforgiveness and hurt, there's a lot of feelings and a lot of emotion that's tied into that. And us saying, I forgive you, doesn't necessarily take all that feeling and emotion away immediately, right? It doesn't. And, and that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, I wish it would. But sometimes God lets us go through things so he can shape us and mold us into what he wants us to be. And not only that, is because down the road, you might hurt somebody and you're going to know the power of forgiveness, right? So I, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I think we talked about it enough. Okay, so and when doing this, when we're looking at our life, when we're looking at, you know, am I being a good example? Am I letting my light shine? I think the question is good to ask too is, what kind of fruit am I producing? Am I producing good fruit or am I producing rotten fruit? Um, you know, it, my relationships, and I will say this, if all your relationships with somebody, if every single relationship you have in some sort of way, there's chaos or drama tied to that relationship, there might be an issue there. Okay? Um, some people strive off of chaos. Some people love drama. And it's hard to get out of that rut at times. But <laughs> when we think about peace sometimes, and if you experience peace for a long amount of time, you can, it is possible, get to a position where you get bored. Because maybe prior or growing up, you're so used to chaos and noise and confusion that peace looks like boredom in your life. So when you're bored, then you stir up things and you start to stir up things in the spiritual realm. And a lot of times that's manifested through our tongue. You know, it starts as thoughts and it starts like this and it comes out and we start speaking things because we get bored. And it's not just because we're just used to chaos all the time, but it might be because we're not doing things for the kingdom of God. It might be because we're not about our father's business also. And every thought we get does not necessarily going to be a good thought, but every thought we get, does, we don't have to go tell people that thought. Um, I hope that makes sense, what I'm trying to relay here. So in, re, in re, so in return, when we get bored, we try to stir up chaos, but that produces things in an unhealthy spiritual way. Brother Reddy posted this years ago. I think it was a year ago. I actually found it this morning. And I can relate to this because when he posted this thing, 
I related to it so, so, it impacted me so strong. And he put this. He says, peace feels like boredom to people who grew up in chaos. Peace feels like boredom to people who grew up in chaos. And I was like, whoa, yeah, I can relate to that. Because my life was just chaos, like big time. And then when you come out of that and then God orchestrates everything and and then you don't have that chaos in your life if you're not careful you can get bored and if you're not careful then you can start causing chaos because you're bored but one of the ways you can avoid that is to start to get busy doing the Lord's work okay like like I said we're not here just to sit in a pew and you know this I'm preaching to the choir but we're here to take the gospel and what God has given us and our experience because we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony and we take it to the streets and we take it out there and we start spreading the good news. Uh, me and, and Brother Kieran, Brother Mike, Brother Marcelo last week, we went to South Dakota and we went to um, a church and we all gave our testimony. And it, when I got giving, done giving my testimony, it felt good. I love telling my testimony. But when Mike got up there and when Kieran got up there and when Marcelo got up there and started telling their testimony, it was like something shifted in the atmosphere. And you can feel it. And, they were, you can, and the people around felt it, that there was something different happening. And we had an awesome move of God. And, and three people got baptized and other people were seeking the Holy Ghost. And there were people weeping and crying in that service. And it, it, a mighty move of God happened. And, and we're all, I believe we're all given that desire to want to do that in life and if we don't fulfill that god-given desire we'll go find we'll go find it somewhere else through the flesh and i have never felt more satisfied in my spirit than when i when then when i get done doing a bible study a home bible study I, when I get done doing a home Bible study, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. Even if I bomb the Bible study, like even if it doesn't even go the way I think it should go, the person's not really receptive. You want to know why? I, this is why I believe it, because I believe I'm fulfilling my God-given ability and talent. That's what God created us to do. You know, I don't feel that way when I come up here and preach all the time. I mean, you got to be careful with that, not to live off that. But when I feel like my most fulfillment for God is when I'm telling my testimony or witnessing to somebody or giving a Bible study because that's what we're commissioned to do. And God has given us this city and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And we know this. And we all have a story and we all have a, a testimony and we all have a purpose. But sometimes we can kind of let life get in there and we can get bored and we kind of get sidetracked. So we need to realign and get back on course with God and we have to be about our Father's business. We gotta be about our Father's business. It's time, I believe, it's time for us to get into the field. Because you wanna know what? The field is where the treasure is. The field is where the treasure is. And I look at Bruce, and Bruce comes here, and he's been coming, service after service after service, making baby steps. But I see him, and it, it makes me so happy to see people like that. It's just like, oh, I just love that. I love people that, that get it. You know, I love it. I just love that. And that's what we're designed to do, and that's what God wants us to do is to go out there. And, and, and you know what? Brother Mike used to do drugs with Bruce. 
And now they're getting high on the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. And I will close with this story that uh, a month ago I was, we were doing a baptism out at the farm and there was a guy that had gotten the Holy Ghost in our Bible study and you know we were trying to get him baptized but he because of legal reasons he had to go back and 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 serve some more time and then and then so he comes back to the farm and we we get so he's there for one day literally no two days literally two days and we baptize him on Sunday and uh, he comes out of the water God refills him with the Holy Ghost and this guy I'm talking to him right we're sitting there and we're just talking and talking about the things of God and I'm looking at him and I realize I know this guy I don't know if you've ever experienced that before this guy is bald and when I knew him he had hair and I realized I'm like wait a minute I know this guy and I I said hey what's your name again and you know he told me his name and I said do you remember me and he looks at me I'm like I'm Gabe remember years ago we did this so and so and he looks at me he's like oh my goodness He's like, I didn't even recognize you. I said, I didn't even recognize you. Like, and the things we did was not good. And, and he's looking at me and he's like, what does this mean? He's, that's exactly what he asked. He's like, so what does all this mean? And I said, well, I believe this means that you know what I came from and how I used to be. And now look at me. And he goes, that's it. He's like, he's like, I'm so sick. And he's like, I haven't changed since I've I, I seen you. This is, I'm talking about, I was probably 18, 19 years old. So we're talking years and years ago. And this guy has been in and out of the system, in and out of the system up until this time. And he goes, I, Gabe, I haven't changed. I've been going in and out, in and out, in and out. And look at you. And I said, well, you know what? It's time to change. It's time to change. And you know what? The next day, they shipped him out, took him back to Fargo, and now I believe he's in, he's in a halfway house. But that's what I'm talking about, us being a light and us seizing that opportunity whenever we get a chance to do that. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for this time. God, I plead your precious blood over the next service that you would speak to us, that you would minister to us. We give you the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed for a little bit. In Jesus' name.